Welcome to the Real Estate Syndication Show. Whether you are a seasoned investor or building a new real estate business, this is the show for you. Whitney Sewell talks to top experts in the business. Our goal is to help you master real estate syndication. And now your host, Whitney Sewell. This is your daily real estate syndication show. I'm your host, Whitney Sewell. Today, our guest is Scott Price. Thanks for being on the show, Scott. Thanks for having me on the show, Whitney. Appreciate it. Yeah, Scott and his wife leads bon, bleeds Bonvolo Real Estate Investments, LLC. Um, together, they own a growing portfolio of multifamily, single family, office, medical, retail, and land investments. Uh, Scott brings uh, over 15 years of experience in real estate. And uh, thanks again, Scott. And why don't you tell us uh, or start with how you got into real estate and a little more of your background. Sure. Yeah. Well, going going back before 15 years, basically, I did a lot of research on how people developed wealth and income and always heard about the, the one-shot wonders like Bill Gates and Mark Zuckerberg, but those are, uh, those are kind of hard to replicate. And when I kind of went into other industries, I, I started finding, well, there may not be household names, but uh, there certainly are people who do very well with real estate if they stick with it and have good processes and things like that. And uh, it may not be as glamorous to some, but uh, it, it seems uh, more achievable for more for more people. So, uh, so I started uh, investigating, did a whole bunch of um, research on my own. I actually got my broker's license uh, and primarily for investing purposes. And uh, while I was working W-2 jobs, uh, primarily in team management and program management positions, mostly with technology companies, I was uh, half-time uh, doing my real estate investing and gradually growing our portfolio. And then about four years ago, we got to the point where we were comfortable with uh, my wife uh, going full-time in our business while I was still working half-time. And then uh, earlier this year, I'm now also half-time and I'm not uh, doing W-2 jobs anymore. I'm full-time investing and managing our existing portfolio, which we've mostly grand, grown organically. And what I mean by that is we've rolled our profits forward from prior properties and and tried to create a, a flywheel effect to, to buy more. So uh, before we get into, you know, where your business is at currently and, and moving forward, what you know, I think a lot of people listening to the show or maybe are, are in that position where, you know, they, they're thinking about leaving their W-2, but they're not sure they're there. And, you know, how did you have confidence to say, okay, you know, we're going to do this. We can do it. I'm, I'm pulling the trigger or cutting it off, however you want to say it. You know, I'm leaving my W-2 job and, and going to pursue this. Sure. Yeah, it was really a combination of things. I would say, first off, we wanted to make sure, of course, that we could cover all of our expenses plus and, uh, you know, have some nice buffer and be able to still save for uh, for extra things and things like that. And we actually achieved that a while ago. So uh, it was partly a matter of me being conservative. And what I mean by that is uh, I could have left my W-2 job earlier, but it was nice, of course, to have all the benefits and all that kind of stuff. But more importantly, like I said, we would roll our profits forward. So all the income I was making from my real estate investing, I was not using to pay the bills. And I was reinvesting it either back into those properties to improve them or to purchase new properties. And we finally got to a point where 
number one, uh, we were comfortable enough with the the income that was coming in to to cover everything plus, and then also to have a, a be liquid enough to be able to address any big expenses, a new roof that comes up or something like that. You know, you got It's not just the monthly; you got to be ready for the capital expenses as well, and and to be comfortable enough with the the quality of our portfolio that it wasn't going to be dipping down, or you know, we, we felt good in the consistency of everything. So really, when all those things came together, then it was really a matter of picking a date, and uh, and really just uh, did that back back in in March of this year, actually. Well, congratulations! Thank you. It's a big day. Yes, it, it definitely was. It felt felt great, and it's allowed me to focus on other things, uh, like we just built our built a home, and, and that we've been working on, and been focusing on that. And then after we get done unpacking our cardboard boxes that we're currently unpacking, then I'm going to be able to be able to focus even more on my business full time. Nice. So, you know, your, your experience is uh, in a lot of different areas, you know, you've single family, multifamily, office, medical, I mean, just to name a few retail and investments, you know, how did you, how did you educate yourself to do so many different aspects, you know, in the, of the real estate business? Yeah, I, I did take, uh, I took a lot of courses. I went to seminars. I read a lot of books, went to a lot of RIA and meetup events, did a lot of networking, even did a few mastermind type groups. So got pretty diversified in terms of the sources of information, both what I would call static information, things like books and then interactive information of talking to people and learning of people who had been there, done that. And that was a big part of it. And uh, the other thing was, for me, I felt comfortable and I feel comfortable knowing enough about particular asset classes that I, I, I could go into a deal, especially if it was a particularly good deal, and understand enough to, to really jump in. And some people believe in, in focusing on one asset class, and I think that actually makes a lot of sense. That is completely valid, and you can get really good at it, and, and you just specialize on that. Our approach was more opportunistic, in other words, looking for really good opportunities and understanding enough across the board to be able to say, okay, that's a, that's a, a good deal or not. And also, most importantly, understanding the difference between the criteria that is needed between all those different asset classes, because they're definitely different. It's not just, not just NOI. It's not just you know, rent and income kind of stuff. It's uh, how you select and what you got to think in terms of tenants and, and how the properties maintained and managed is different between those asset classes. So now that you you've been in the real estate, you know, quite a few years, you you've left your W2 job, you are uh, now you're educating yourself to move to another another I guess another step in the real estate business or another bring another arm onto your company and uh, I, you know, which is all a syndication business and I, and I think that's why you're going to be a great guest too because a lot of people that that are going to listen or listening to the show today are going to be in your shoes. You know, or maybe they they still have their W2 job you know, but they're, they have some rentals or they have some type of real estate uh, investments and, and then they're looking to start a syndication business. Tell us, you know, some ways that you're moving forward uh, to start the syndication side of your business and how you're educating yourself. 
Sure. So like anything, whether you're doing syndication or buying or on your own, a lot of it boils down to deal flow and capital. And uh, of course, the syndication side primarily helps helps with the capital. And so we're focusing on both. And I've taken a very conservative approach of slowly and organically growing my portfolio, which is nice because I completely control it. I have had a couple debt investors, but that's not a typical syndication. I, I, I now next am going to get into equity investors as well. And really making the, making the jump uh, to syndication is a matter of, especially now that I'm full-time and have more time to devote to it, is a matter of growing our business even more. And you know, there's a certain self-limiting amount that although we do have good properties making good cash flow, if I'm just waiting for the, to be able to build up enough down payment for the next property, then that's somewhat self-limiting from a time perspective. So that's really why uh, we're, we're, we're jumping in. In terms of how, I've I've definitely been educating myself quite a bit. Uh, I've been going to seminars on it. I've been working with several attorneys on it. I've and I've got them all lined up, ready to go. I've been reading quite a bit about it. And all of my experience that in property management and, and managing uh, prop, uh, managing the properties themselves or, or managing the, the manager, meaning managing the property manager, things like that. Uh, working with teams uh, is, is all set me up. Plus on top of that, with my background in team management and, and, uh, and program management, I'm going to apply that to working with other investors, you know, in terms of managing the communications, the expectations, the, the, the finances, things like that. And so basically getting myself well-educated, well educated, getting a good team behind me and, uh, and then just having the background uh, that is really experienced managing my own properties, which did not put any investors' money at risk. And now, okay, I've got all that experience. Now I feel very comfortable bringing in other investors' money. So you mentioned you're, you're reading a lot, but give us some, maybe a book or a couple books or something that's really helped you to educate yourself, to give you the confidence to, to move into the syndication business. Yeah, well, there are, uh, there are, let's see, there's a number of things. Some of them are uh, seminars where they, they, they will actually like sell you, you know, books that they're not anything you can get on Amazon. I started out with those. Some of those were helpful. Some of those are a bit of a sham, but uh, you know, you gotta, gotta pick and choose as you go the, the, the guru route. Uh, so I, I've done some of those more recently there, um, there have been some good ones, for instance, uh, Let's see here, Gene Trowbridge, who's, uh, he has a book out and don't remember the name of it offhand, but I've read that it's one. It's a whole new business. Yes, thank you. Uh, Joe Fairless has a new one, just came out. I actually am, it just started it. Uh, so uh, about apartment syndications. Got it and, here. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> so that one uh, should be good because he's done quite a few. And so those are two. And uh, beyond that, uh, there there aren't many. There there are there's a lot of information out there. Well, I, I'm sure there are others, but uh, most of my information has been oriented toward uh, learning all the SEC rules and uh, getting information about that, which comes in a whole bunch of different formats. You know, uh, like I said, the courses. But on top of that, I, I read blogs about this stuff. I I, uh, I go to meetings about it, things like that. So it's all different kinds. But those those two books that I I mentioned, including the one that you held up, would be uh, two that I recommend certainly to get started. 
Yeah, and for those that are listening or not watching, it was uh, held up the uh, Best Ever Apartment Syndication book by Joe Fairless, which I highly recommend. Um, so you mentioned uh, deal flow uh, and capital. So, you know, tell us some ways you're working on raising capital right now. Yeah, so, uh, well, my it's been a combination of things. Number one, there's history up to now, and then there's my next step. The history up to now is recently because I've been building my home. I've been pausing a little bit, but... The history up to now is really I've been uh, letting people know what I'm doing, what I'm going to be doing, and essentially getting a list of investors, really what it boils down to, you know, of potential investors, people who are interested. And I've, uh, I'm you know, somewhat known a little bit in the area. People, I've, I've been involved in some of the RIAs and I'm a known presence and people know that I've had successful investments. And some people just approach me and which is great. I love that. And then other times I'll tell folks about what I'm doing and they'll say, hey, I'd be interested in, in seeing uh, a deal that you may have coming up. So that's been the the organic growth approach that I've taken probably over the last couple of years uh, because uh, previously working the W-2 and then building my home, it's kind of like, okay, now here soon, uh, going to be ready to jump into syndication. So that's my base of investors. And then uh, for, you know, as far as going forward for, uh, for investors, I plan to do a couple things. Uh, uh, one of them is to uh, be marketing on a monthly basis. I'm going to, I've already, uh, we've already put a template together in terms of structure and stuff, but basically putting together a, a newsletter, essentially something to keep, keep uh, me and what we're doing top of mind with people and just be an easy e-newsletter. So something that gets emailed. So that's one thing. And then uh, the other thing is, of course, to work on the deal flow side and which I've, I've started recontacting my, my existing contacts and say, hey, pretty soon here after I get fully moved in, we're going to be uh, hitting the ground running here again. So uh, get, getting that word out as well. So moving forward, uh, you know, you're moving into the syndication. Are, are you going to syndicate, you know, all the different types of asset classes like we talked about? Or are you going to focus on multifamily or focus on office or, you know, one or the other? Yeah, I I am initially going to focus on multifamily, although I own office and retail. Unless it's a screaming deal or in a really solid location, there's there are just a lot of things going on in those spaces right now in terms of the overall market, you know, everything from, from, you know, the Amazon effect to the WeWork effect to, uh, to how, how the average space per, per worker is going down and to the implementation of technology. There's a whole bunch of things and, and still office and retail can be a great opportunity, but there, there can be a little bit more risk there. Uh, whereas multifamily, as long as you understand the local demographics, the, uh, the local drivers, the economy, uh, what's in the pipeline for being constructed, what's your competition in that uh, ABC class, you know, and th- that kind of stuff. Uh, it's a, it's a generally a little lower risk, which is what I want if I'm going to bring in other people's money. And then also, it's also an easier to understand story as well for investors. Uh, you know, uh, when you get into, five and 10 year leases with somebody that may or may not uh, still be around as a company and all this kind of stuff, it can be a little more complicated for some investors, but multifamily people tend to understand, you know, a place to live. Sure. Could you, could you elaborate on uh, the terms uh, Amazon effect and WeWork effect? I think, 
you know, most of us probably have a, an understanding, but if you could, you know, you're in the business, you're in, you're in the commercial space, um, office space and, and, uh, retail, uh, could you just elaborate on what that means? Sure, sure. So for Amazon effect, what I meant there is that, for instance, for retailers, there is a, a significant effect on, on people going online to do their shopping, or in some cases, uh, they may even go into a store, try something out, and then get it and then go online to buy it, which is the worst <laughs> scenario for a retailer, because they just spent uh, time, inventory, you know, staff and, and space to, for somebody to buy something somewhere else. But yeah, that that's increasing. It's not the whole market. There, there's still a lot of businesses that are doing very well uh, in the retail space. But you have Toys R Us is gone. Sears is going. You know, it's, it's, there there's definitely and there's you know, major mammoth companies that have been around for years are feeling the effects of those kinds of things, and that goes all the way down to the mom and pop level too. Meaning, small storefronts are also feeling the same kind of thing. And when you can when you can even order your flowers online and not necessarily go to the local florist, it it, it can make things. Uh, more difficult there. So definitely opportunity, just got to be very, very uh, particular. In the office space, so uh, what I was referring to there is you're getting more into, not everywhere, certainly, but you're getting percentage increases of things such as a shared office space where you may actually, uh, where a company may only rent a room or they may share a room. They may not even own or own that room or have a lease on that room for all day. They must, they might just have it for four hours and then they, they share on an appointment, the conference room and that keeps their costs low, but it significantly reduces the amount of office space that is demanded. So you've got to, you know, and that tends to be more in the large markets, not so much in smaller markets, but you, you do get those kind of effects as well. There's also a big effect on technology that's being implemented and that's affecting office space as well as retail. And, uh, and it, for instance, more virtual workers, I mean, people will work from home. So there, there are lots of considerations. And if you're well-located and, and you've got a, a strong presence and you've got a, a very up-to-date or, you know, or at least a good condition, good location kind of uh, kind of retail or office, you can generally do well, but you do need to consider these external factors that are affecting them. Whereas with multifamily, people need a place to live. Even if they don't have a job, they need a place to live. It does affect, maybe they might dual, they might go uh, with a roommate or something like that, but they still need a place to live, even if they're not in an office or, or buying stuff at retail. So, you know, I know you're you're educating yourself. You're moving into syndication uh, so far, or or maybe something that you foresee. What do you, what do you expect being the hardest part of the syndication business? Let's see. I would say the 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 main things uh, the main things that I'm I'm looking at and making sure I'm very prepared on uh, is going to be accounting systems. Uh, that's number one. I uh, just to make sure it's just rock solid and very, very open, uh, you know, meaning open book. That's one thing. Uh, the other, the other aspect is going to be communications. Uh, fortunately, I've got a background in that kind of stuff. So it doesn't concern me, but at the same time, I think it's really important. Uh, you know, having anybody who doesn't know what's going on, that's kind of a worst case scenario. And ideally you want your investors to reinvest with you in, in future deals and or they recommend you to other people for another deal. So, you know, t- treating your 
treating your current investors not only is the right thing to do, but it also makes great business sense because it can help you with future deals. So I want to make sure I'm really well set up on all those things. And I, I believe I, I feel very confident on that. Really, the main thing is getting investors who have real money and and are more than just, hey, I'd be interested in that. But when it comes down to, here's the deadline, if you're interested, need to deposit the funds in this escrow account, uh, just getting getting a real solid base of investors to, to choose from. I say, really, that's, that's the biggest thing. You said uh, communications was your background. Give us some tips on how you plan to communicate with your team now in the syndication business, some, some ways that we can implement, implement something right now. Sure. Yeah. And when I say that, I mean, uh, in team management and program management perspectives, uh, and I've, I've done some marketing as well, but primarily from those perspectives. And uh, so I'm looking to do several things. Number one, uh, monthly updates to provide to the uh, investors. I'll be doing that. I'll also be uh, doing me- uh, meetings. So basically webinar kinds of approaches where uh, it'll be online. Anybody can jump in. Anybody can ask questions, that kind of thing. That would more likely be quarterly because, uh, and, and actually after a while, from what I've heard, uh, <laughs> the number of people kind of drop off those after they realize things are going smoothly, but they tend to show up to the first the first ones, but at the same time to provide it as an option and, and to emphasize that the, the, the online communications that may be emailed to them as far as a summary of what's going on recently, uh, that the call to action is if they have any questions uh, that we are here to answer them and it doesn't, it's not just limited to email, you know, here's our phone, here's our email, you know, that kind of thing. And, um, and then of course there's, there's all the formal stuff in terms of the, the annual reporting and, and all the accounting and things like that. But the communications I'm talking about is more to keep people up to date, make sure they know the good and the bad. And, uh, and I, I believe it's only important or uh, to show, you know, okay, there was a, Big, I don't know, the roof got torn off in a tornado or whatever. Uh, insurance is handling it, but just so you know, uh, you know, that kind of thing uh, that, that, you know, that they know. And it'll also increase the, the, the trust, the mutual trust. You know, if they, if they just hear everything's going swimmingly, then frankly, not everything goes perfectly. So probably be more suspicious if everything goes swim, swimmingly. So I want to make sure they have the whole story. Right. So, um, Scott, what would you say? is the top reason people, you know, don't get into the business or maybe even fail? In, uh, investing in general or syndications? Uh, mostly syn- uh, syndication business. Sure. So I would say a couple things, uh, but the, uh, I would say if you ask me to give you one reason, uh, the one reason is it's, it seems complex and difficult. Uh, and if you hire the right team, meaning you get a good attorney on your team and a good accountant or CPA on your team, it doesn't have to be difficult at all. You have to pay them money, but at the same time, you pay them money and they earn their money and they, they help make that, that part simple for you. Uh, the, I would say to give a part two on that answer, the second one is, is related to just getting that investor base, uh, feeling confident to tell people about what they're doing, to actually accumulate an investor base, to feel that they personally are actually ready to do it. Uh, They may not have the experience or feel that they're ready to take other people's money. So I think there's also a confidence and experience issue. That would probably be the second reason as well. Awesome. Uh, Well, you've been a, you've been a great guest, Scott. Uh, Tell, tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you or learn more about your business. 
Sure. The easiest way is to go to our, my website, which is bonvolo.com for Bonvolo Real Estate Investments. And that's B-O-N is in November, V is in Victor, O-L-O.com. And there I have a phone number as well as a way you can reach me by email so you can learn about us. And if you want to contact us, uh, all the information is there. Awesome. Well, thanks again, Scott. And uh, thanks. I'm grateful for each listener that's that's listening today. And I hope you'll go to the Facebook group and join so you can connect with people like Scott. And we can all learn more about this business together and uh, ask questions and, and uh, interact. Um, hope you'll subscribe and leave a review and rating. And we will talk to you tomorrow. Thank you for listening to the Real Estate Syndication Show, brought to you by LifeBridge Capital. LifeBridge Capital works with investors nationwide to invest in real estate, while also donating 50% of its profits to assist parents who are committing to adoption. LifeBridge Capital, making a difference, one investor and one child at a time. Connect online at www.lifebridgecapital.com for free material and videos to further your success.